0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if it is not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. I tell you, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven? give the holy spirit to those who ask him the gospel of the lord, to you, lord Jesus happy, feast. happy feast it's been week at all three masses we need to work on this Feast of St. Anne excitement thing. But it's good that we're here today. It's good that we can come to celebrate uh, this Feast of St. Anne uh, on, this, uh, on this weekend. And to celebrate the good things that God has continued to pour out upon us and upon our parish community. A couple of things to, uh, to note. Uh, one is that as you, if you came through the back door, you likely noticed a new piece of furniture back there. A uh, A canopy. Uh, and that is uh, for our Eucharistic procession immediately following the Mass. We'll give details at the end of that, but we certainly encourage uh, each of you to be able to go on the, the short procession with us as we go walk around the grounds. Also, another thing that I've been, I've been hoping to do for two years now, but which has finally become a reality, is a parish website. Uh, so effective right now, this moment, GoodStAnne.com. Uh, is up and running. It's got news and updates and events and parish calendar and all that kind of thing. Uh, And so just to to encourage you to go check it out, let us know what you think. If there's not something on there you think should be on there or something you would like to see or would be helpful, uh, certainly let us know because the the goal isn't just to have a parish website because we want one, but rather to have one that's actually helpful for us in continuing to, uh, to grow and to minister in the midst of our community. In the scriptures, the Lord Jesus often uses physical things, physical reminders to help us to look around us and to see what's happening. In the gospel today, he uses a very concrete example of perseverance and persistence. Of course, any one of us, if somebody's beaten on the door at midnight, it doesn't matter what they want, you're going to answer eventually if they keep on going, right? And so he uses that, that thing which is natural for every single person, and he uses that often uh, as examples to be able to get the point across. And when it comes down to it, the great thing for Jesus is to be able to look around us and to see what's happening. That's the goal of Jesus. He told the, the disciples to look for the signs of the times and to be able to read them. He says we can look around us and we can see that when the, blows this, the, when the wind blows this way and the, and the clouds move that way, we know we're going to get rain and we're not going to get rain. We know that when these things happen around us, the changing of the seasons is upon us, in these various things. He says we can see the visible signs of so much around us, and we read and we read it and it makes sense. But the most important thing for us as Christians is not just to be able to read the weather, but to be able to read the signs of the times, especially in the things of faith, to be able to look around us and to see the Lord's movement and not just the weather. It's been interesting these last few weeks with the prayers at Mass, the the prayers of the Scriptures that we've read, especially in the Sunday Mass setting, as well as the lives of the saints with whom we have prayed through the course of the weekdays. The signs of the times are rather clear. And the Lord Jesus calls us over and over again through the Scriptures and other ways, pray, pray, pray. It's the signs of the times, y'all. The Lord Jesus calls us to a more intense focus on the life of prayer. We heard it even especially through the encouragement of our bishop, who last weekend encouraged us to take this this past week up to including today uh, as a week of prayer and fasting, to be able to offer prayers for peace for our community and for ourselves, and to fast for that same end. The Lord speaks in so many ways to us in this time, an encouragement of prayer. When the Lord calls us to prayer, certainly we hopefully respond. We hear some of that call to the Lord, and we go and we offer prayers. But as the disciples wisely realize today, sometimes we need a little help. And so the Lord Jesus is approached. They say, Lord, John taught his disciples how to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us what to do. You yourself just came from prayer. You yourself go off often to pray how do we do it, Lord? And so the Lord responds with a kind of a brief catechesis on prayer in a certain sense for the disciples, but especially for us. He prays. He teaches us that to pray, basically three things are important for us that he shows us today. The first is that prayer is needed. How often it can happen that we go through the course of the day, we go through just the, the busyness of, of normal daily life, even doing things for the Lord. And yet how easy it is to fail to pray. To act as if we're, we're relying upon the Lord, but really by our actions, by our interior state, to simply be relying upon myself, what I can do, what I know that I can handle. In a sense to, to know that, uh, you know, to, to kind of chalk it up to, to the Lord but to really ultimately just to rely on my own strengths. Very easy to do. The Lord reminds us in the prayer that he gives us, give us this day our daily bread, he says, for us to have driven over into our minds that reality that I can't feed myself, I can't save myself. But it's the Lord Jesus who does these things. And so it's the Lord to whom we should go, to God our Father, and to pray So the first thing is the importance and the necessity of prayer for us. The second thing is that when we come to pray, we look to God first and to me second. He begins, Father, hallowed be your name. May your name be holy. Blessed be your name. The temptation a lot of times I know for myself, and I presume I'm not alone, is that when we go to pray, the temptation is to begin with, Lord, I really need help with, insert whatever. Lord, it would be really great if I could get, insert whatever. Lord, it would be really great if, we could, if you could have your blessing upon, insert whoever our intention is for. And we begin our time of prayer, it can seem, with simple petitions, as if God's a, a genie to be able to give us what we desire when we desire it. But Jesus reminds us, first, we must love the Lord. The first thing to do is simply to love. St. Peter Julian A. Whenever he, uh, he, he was a, a great apostle of the Eucharist, he formed a religious community focused on preaching about the Eucharist as they went out, and he had profound teachings on the Eucharist. And he said that whenever we come before the Lord, whenever we come in and place ourselves in the presence of the Lord in the church or in the chapel or someplace, the first thing we ought to do is to pour out our heart and love. He says you'll have time for the petitions and the, and the other dialogue later, but just love the Lord first. Yesterday was the Feast of St. Bridget in the the Office of Readings for the Prayer of the Church. It included a prayer of hers from her own writings. It was her reflections on the passion of the Lord Jesus. It's profound to be able to read through it. Each of the things she had, it it was probably two and a half, three pages long. But it was a reflection on each of the parts of the passion of the Lord. But what struck me was as I was going through, every single one of them was prefaced with Praise be to you, O Lord. Blessed be the Lord our God. Honor to you, Lord. Love be to you, Lord. And then she would pause and reflect on whatever it was that followed. Every paragraph, that refrain of pouring out her love for the Lord. And not only for the things that the Lord had done, but simply for the fact of who he is. That he's God. He's a creator of all things. He's all loving. He's all knowing. He's all merciful. He's all gracious. He's our Father who loves us and wants to give good gifts. And so we simply pour out our praise and thanksgiving for that. And then having poured out our praise, having emptied everything in our heart of the praise of the Lord, and then we turn to Him and we ask Him to fill us again. It can easily happen that in the course of our prayers, we start to, to simply pray and to love the Lord and allow our heart to be given over to Him, that the prayers that we came with initially begin to change a little bit. The focus changes. The importance of things changes. Some things fall away. New things come that the Lord's prompting. And so as we go to pray, we turn Him first and into ourselves second. The third thing is persistence, which is, of course, the kind of general theme of the scriptures this weekend we can see. Persistence is an important thing in the life of prayer because without it, All is lost, in a sense. How many times it could be said that individuals have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for days, weeks, months, years even, for some particular intention, and right at the threshold of when it was about to happen, they lost faith and gave up. It could have been that the next prayer they offered would have been the one to fulfill the task, and yet they gave up. Persistence is so important in the Christian life. Because we never know what it is that the Lord has for us. Quite often the persistence that we are invited to, 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 to live and to manifest in the life of prayer is not so much for God as much as it is for us. We see that in the first reading with the story of Abraham. Abraham haggling with God over souls, huh? And so he goes, and Abraham, he's he's saying, he's looking at the city of Sodom, who the Lord has said that he's gonna that he's gonna basically decimates because of the wickedness of the people there. And Abraham goes, well, well Lord, let's, let's step back a second. What if there are 50 people there who are righteous? What If, if there are 50, Lord, certainly you won't strike, it, you know, strike everyone dead because of the 50 people who are righteous and living well. And the Lord says, okay, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, if there are 50 people who are righteous there, we'll leave it. And then Abraham, of course, starts to get a little... Uh, a little uh, I guess antsy and things, a little brave. Well Lord, you know, even though I'm but dust and ashes, I know. What about what about if there are forty-five, forty, thirty, twenty? Or what if there are only ten righteous people in the city? Will you still will you still keep it? And the Lord says yes. The Lord says that because it wasn't really trying to blow up the city. He wasn't really trying to decimate. It wasn't, it wasn't like the, the will of God was, I, I really want to kill these people, but Abraham has talked me out of it. Urgh, he's so good at arguing with me. It's not it at all. It's that the Lord wanted to save this city, but he wanted Abraham to realize it. Just how far he would go for the sake of the people of righteousness. Abraham thinks he's, he's getting away with something at 50 but the lord goes oh abraham i will go much farther than 50 45 40 30 20 10 even i will happily go just to 10 cuz i love you cuz i'm your father cuz i want to bless you you settle for 50 and i'm asking for more that's the father that we have it wasn't for the lord to be changed It was for Abraham to realize exactly who God is. And that's what persistence in prayer teaches us. It teaches us who God is. It's frustrating at times. When you're in the midst of it, yeah, when we're at the number 45 and what we think is a long, haggling process, it's terribly frustrating. But the Lord calls us to persist. Keep knocking at the door. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Because the Lord promises us, if we do those things, we will find it the door will be opened. And when we realize the door is open, something incredible will happen because we realize that the thing behind the door really wasn't as important as the Lord himself and our interaction with him. It's the Lord who calls us to be a people of prayer, especially in this time. So let us continue to offer our prayers. Let us persist in prayers for peace, not just for an eight-day span to let it continue through our hearts for the Lord might pour out so many blessings upon our country and our community we pray this especially through our intercession of our patrons of St. Joseph our diocese and St. Anne in our parish and so we pray for the intercession of those great patrons for the purification sanctification and efficacy of our prayers that all the prayers that we have offered this week and all the fasting and those that still are to come might be perfect for the gift of peace in our community and in our hearts. Good Saint Anne, pray for us.